You're listening to Green Possible, where being free makes being green possible. I'm your host I, and the show starts in. Hey John, how are you today? Hello I, I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I had a little trouble yesterday. What's going on? Um, so I yesterday I I you know checked my email and nothing worked. It won't come in, and so I was like, "What the heck is happening?" And then I figure I checked uh, my hosting, and then I figure out they had sent me email about extremely high traffic, and I'm like. My blog. Nobody visits my blog. Why am I getting high traffic? And then they, and then I found out they had suspended it, just in Whoa. case. Whoa, that's a bad deal. What happened? Yeah. Why? So, um, they replied to the email, and they were they sent me this graph of traffic that looks busy, really? and I'm kind of like. That's not my normal thing. Like, you know, it's a very obscure blog, <laughs> so I don't know why. I think somebody, some people, I don't know where, I don't know why they want to get into my blog. Right, well, right. They, so it was an attack, attack on your blog, on your site. But I don't understand. I mean. I don't know, but anyway, the point is that when you know, so a whole day of not, you know, I can't even write you or check <sighs> if you replied or anything. So that wow. gets me nervous. Otherwise, I wouldn't, you know, if I didn't have anybody to, to that I know that needs to check in with me, I I wouldn't be as nervous. So, but I'm it's like, often, it's often. I mean, it seems to me that things go wrong at just the wrong moment exactly <laughs> when I do need access. Right. Wow. Sorry. Sorry for that inconvenience. Boy, well, that's not, that's the thing. I realized that this is a, a part of what you talked about last time about being responsible for your computer. Mm. And as a, a, person who who has a blog i'm responsible for the blog the traffic to the blog and all that so you know that's like when i let when i rely on a hosting company to deal with my my website my email that's what happened because they get to Stop it when they want to. <laughs> well, that's that's a problem. That's a that's a quandary. Uh, we're so dependent on other other people's services in the computer world, and and we tend to many people tend to not understand the dependencies of those services and how correctly to to manage them, or right. to or to even check in or to even know what are the variables, what's going on. Right. So, go ahead. Well, your case, I mean, you are a computer professional. 
Um, no, I wouldn't call myself. <laughs> I'm well, sure I know more than than most normal users. You're very savvy, and still things sneak up on you too. I mean, the same is true of me. I I've been blindsided by by things going wrong as well. Right, and so now that uh, fortunately I have learned Linux and this amazing community has amazing resources. <laughs> so I had recently, and that's before I had, I knew I had to deal with this, this way before I set up another um, server somewhere and actually have it run a, a real web, a full web server and mail server. So, so you're in control of your own Right. So that's me being responsible. I see. And then, so I guess that's my next step. But I, to be responsible, I have to figure out how people or where people are attacking, attacking my website from. So that's my work. Ah, so the full. So next week, I see it being sunk into this, <laughs> this project. Ah. But anyway, so since we're talking about responsibility, we were going to talk more about uh, passwords. So, boy, that's a bugaboo for a lot of people. Uh, So, yeah, it's a good. That's a good conversation to have. Uh, When I, in my business, when I deal with. helping people with passwords, it's often people who are a lot less facile with computers than you are. Uh, so the, the, you know, you're, you're kind of in a, in a different uh, realm, but what, what this points out is that the requirements, the responsibility requirements and, and the threats, the risks, are broad. Uh, everyone is is susceptible to risks of of various kinds, and one of the problems is uh, understanding the risks and and weighing them and and not getting carried away. Uh, when I talk to normal people, just users, computer users, about uh, security and privacy. Many times, they're uh, they get all uh, obsessed with a certain problem, a certain risk, a certain feature, and ignore other risks that are actually higher, more important to them. Um, does that make sense? Um, do you, if you could give us a real example that might help? Sure, sure. Um, for instance, with password security, people understand they have to keep their passwords safe, and so they believe they can't write them down. Uh, I have to have no copy of any of my passwords anywhere because someone might break into my house and steal them. Well, that's a risk, but it's a far higher risk of losing track of your password and getting it wrong and losing control of an account, an email account or a, uh, 
a, a commercial account. So the risk of losing your password if it's written down on a piece of paper is far lower than the risk of not remembering it correctly or what people do when they try to keep their passwords in the head in their heads is use the same password over and over again and they may use something very simple that's memorable so they'll never forget it but that makes it highly risky in terms of data breaches does that does that help yeah and well when we talk about creating password um, I have heard all kinds of stuff, and so I don't know which one is the best. Um, I have heard, you know, of course, random things, random uh, characters with with symbols, with numbers. And then I have also heard that longer is better. And the other one I heard is even if there's some actual words in the in the password just you know mix it with something else but have it really really long so mm-hmm. what do you what's your opinion on this yes i've uh recommended and tried a lot of different techniques there's there's the technique of uh, random characters like you say there's the technique of choosing a phrase, a sentence, and taking the first letter of each word in the sentence. Um, there are, uh, one technique is to come up with a pattern, like start with the name of the company or the name of the website, and then add your birthday, and then add the day of the week that you're doing this. But all of these have problems. My current favorite method of choosing passwords is two words, two sizable words, random, taken randomly from a dictionary, from a book, plus oh, wow. a random... So nobody can actually track your algorithm because... It's exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, plus a random number, a uh, four-digit number at least. Uh, and the number can't mean anything. It can't be a birthday. It can't be you know, anything that means anything. Here's, here's why this is good. True, uh, hackers can, they have dictionaries available to them. And they can quickly, if you have one word, they'll quickly go through a dictionary and randomly try every word in a dictionary. And they'll catch the word, they'll guess the word that you used. And that takes a very short time, just a matter of milliseconds. If you have two words, they have to go through the entire dictionary uh, two, uh, twice for each, what's the word, uh, mathematically, yeah. it's, uh, it's, a, it's a squared, it's the, oh, okay. the, the so, square of the size of the word. Right. And then if you add a four-digit number for every iteration, they have to also go through uh, 10,000 times. So two goodly sized words plus a four digit number is basically unguessable. So how sizable is the is the word? Uh, It it doesn't matter as long as it's like three, four 
characters long wow, because that's not big that's not big but you see it's a word every word in the dictionary counts whether it's huge long word or a short word oh okay so they have to go through, go through of course the dictionary of course it would be better if you pick something obscure because if it was something that everybody uses they probably would have like a priority check first thing absolutely the common passwords the 10,000 most common passwords are Password. in a list yeah uh-huh password, password one two three four five q w e r t y absolutely no you have to oh. choose random <laughs> words so open up a book and point close your eyes and point your finger and then do it again and those are your two words yeah that i just i don't see that it's good for me because I'm a horrible speller. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. That's perfect because it doesn't even have to be spelled right. And here's the clincher. You cannot count on your memory. Once. Oh, right. You still have to write it down. You have to write it down. And so, uh, go ahead. So what do you suggest for people who have like a million passwords because you're not supposed to use the same ones for absolutely that's another very strict rule don't use the same password twice in right. any case you have to write them down um, some people want to write them down in a spreadsheet on a computer i do that it's a password protected spreadsheet this is one of the there are two or three passwords in the world that I do memorize. One of them is the password to my password spreadsheet. <laughs> the other one is the password to my computer account. But it's safe to yeah, have maybe. them in a password-protected spreadsheet. Because are they encrypted? Is it mm, Excel? Yes. Is it? Okay. Yep. So it's very similar to mine, except I have categorical categorize them so they live in different spreadsheets and then perfect. i have it on an encrypted drive uh-huh that's perfect that's perfect for normal people for everyday uh, casual users i don't even encourage them to put it in a spreadsheet i say go buy a, a small notebook put down one password per page on the notebook, keep it in your center drawer of your desk. Uh, the important thing is to have the correct information on each page. So people say, what's my password? And that doesn't mean anything. That phrase doesn't mean anything. What's the password for this account? What's the password for this company or this email address or for this bank. In other words, a password without a purpose doesn't mean anything. The first item on a page in my notebook that I say, that I recommend, what's the purpose for the password? It's Amazon, or it's uh, uh, Wells Fargo Bank, or it's my Gmail email address, or it's my Apple ID or my Microsoft ID. The first item is what's the purpose? The second item on this page is, what's my user ID? A password without a user ID doesn't mean anything. They come in pairs, the user ID and the password. User IDs are usually email addresses, uh, almost always. It's rare 
that credentials include a user ID of some other form. Almost always there'll be a u email address. But don't get confused. Even if you're you have one email address and so your user ID is the same for every password you have, you still have to write it down on a piece of paper. Because when you change your email address, you need to know the old one. What what user ID goes with this password for this company? I get I get so adamant about this. Sorry, no, <laughs> I no, just get carried I'm, away. It's amazing to me. I, I'm kind of surprised that people would write down password without their user ID. I don't know why. I mean, that's kind of weird. You don't you though they have to go together. They have to go together, exactly. And that's the cause of a lot of misunderstanding for a wow. lot of people. Uh, they don't realize that a password is associated with a company and is associated with a user ID. And as people get multiple addresses, they'll have a Comcast address and then they'll get sick of that and they'll make themselves a Gmail address. And they'll <laughs> not know, oh, which address goes with which company with which password. So was so you, it something that you observed or did you know, is it something that after you started working with clients, you're like, oh, this is what they're doing? Oh, absolutely. This is based on 10, 10 15 years of of watching clients because I never had a problem like you. I think, what? What's the problem here? You know, as a as a computer uh, scientist, things just make sense. And, you know, password, yeah, we know what passwords are, credentials, we understand this. But ordinary people do not. And so I started seeing, oh, this is why everyone is tearing their hair out over passwords. They don't um, understand the very basics of what a password is. For instance, they'll believe it's my, someone will say to me, well, I decided I would change my password with Amazon. And so I put in a new password. When they asked me for to sign in, I put in a new password and they didn't accept it. Well, the misunderstanding is I don't own my passwords. The companies I'm talking to own the passwords. It's up to me to change their memory of it if I need to change my password. I can't just say, okay, now I have a new password. No. Wait, 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 wait. So are, <laughs> are you are you saying that like they in their head think they changed the password and that's good enough? Exactly. <gasps> exactly. <laughs> and then they get in trouble. <laughs> I Wow, so I did not know the extent of the black box problem. Uh -huh. <laughs> with, uh -huh. And I thought I have a black box problem. Wow, <laughs> interesting. I wonder how many. So, oh, that would be interesting. I wonder how many listeners would be, would realize well. that this is how they should help other confused friends and family. I think that's that's the key. Um, I, I was I was not effective as a computer teacher for quite some time because I made assumptions. I assumed people understand, and once I started realizing, oh, this is just for many people. This is a basic hole in their knowledge, a basic gap. Then I could start addressing that, and then they would. You could see the light dawn in their in their faces. 
Wow, I'm super surprised still. I mean, this is like, it's, it's, I never thought of that. I mean, even my dad knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're lucky to have such a smart dad. <laughs> But anyway, so the so the other thing that I noticed that's weird um, is that you see some some website would let you sign in with like a Google account or a Facebook account. How? What do you think of that? Explain. Uh, ex- open that black box for well, us. Well, wow. Okay. Um. It it appears to be uh, a really nice feature because then Apple or Google or Facebook they keep track of my credentials for me. I just log into Facebook and then let them manage all these other places. Log in, go to Amazon, log in with Facebook, go to uh, Whole Foods, log in with Facebook.、Uh, And what what problem do you see with that? Yes, right. It's it's a very subtle problem, or not. Simply, you're giving. If I do that, I'm giving Facebook、uh, more and more data about myself. I am selling my soul for a pittance. I'm I'm. Giving away something that's actually very, very valuable to them—that's how Facebook makes money, off selling my data. I'm giving it to them for practically free. And so, why don't people know that? What? What? Know that? How do I say that? Yeah, it's yeah. almost like they—they they did not—they were not informed of. What that action we would come with, what kind of consequence? Absolutely, and that's not an accident.、Uh, that people are not informed. <clears throat> I'm. We're not informed because that's the business model of these companies. Their only way to make money, many of them, or the biggest way, is by stealing data. I consider it stealing data, stealing my. Information, information about me. So naturally, they don't want <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> okay. Hmm. And so, so that's a privacy concern. It's it's a very broad concern, and it's it's holistic.、Um, I see people sometimes once they understand this, or or get a inkling, Facebook is tracking me between websites as I go from site to site. Facebook is tracking me and watching what things I look at, what things I'm interested in,、uh, and they're presenting ads. Facebook is presenting advertisements to me based on what they know about me from site to site.、Uh, Once they realize this, they say, "Oh, this is terrible! I'm going to turn off privacy, or t- turn off some privacy settings within Facebook." Thinking, "Oh, now I've solved this." No, it's a huge problem. 
and there's no simple solution to it. The, the solution is political. Um, as long as corporations, big, big tech corporations, are allowed to be uncontrolled, they're going to be doing this in one way or another. There's no simple solution. And, and thinking simple solutions is kind of misleading. It's kind of a red herring. Uh, there's no one single way of protecting your data privacy online. It's, it's a political problem. Oh, I, I'm sorry if I get a little uh, random on this. It's, it's That's okay. hard to describe and hard for me to understand even. Yeah, and so I, I know that collecting data is a big business because then they can sell it to companies. Um, the I think the biggest problem with data being collected is how it could be used to identify you. And Facebook, you pretty much gave them, you know, who you are. Absolutely, absolutely, and and it gets to be a bigger problem than just you and Facebook. Um, there was a company, I forget its name, it created a facial recognition database, huge database of faces with their names, just by, it's called scraping, by visiting wow. open public Facebook pages and getting a picture of the person and getting their name and putting it in a database. So uh, they weren't a third party. They weren't associated with Facebook at all. And they used all the data that we freely give to Facebook. Here's my page. Here's my, here's my face. Here's my name. Well, they were using that freely given information to create a, a database of faces, which they then started selling to police forces. Wow. I, I this, guess that you... Um, I, hmm. So how... I guess that's... that's Because then that is... They can... It's like doing something they should have warned for, but they don't kind of thing. Is that what the problem is with police having that that uh, tool well yes um, here's here's just a oh here's here's one example of what can be done with a facial recognition database so cameras there are surveillance cameras everywhere um, <clears throat> there are cameras on streets and sidewalks uh, traffic traffic cameras have really good resolution. They can recognize, they can see the detail of people's faces. Um, uh, private security cameras in buildings. Once these cameras are associated with a facial database, facial recognition database, they can pretty much know where you are at any time, where you've been. Where were you last Wednesday? Uh, combine the data of a lot of cameras together with facial recognition database, and it shows a map of where you walk. 
Now, of course, this map is much more easily available simply from your cell phone, uh, the, the cellular data records of your phone. But nonetheless, there are, there are ways that we don't know about. We're not informed and we're not asked. Okay, so, so I was, it's funny you brought that up because I was about to ask you, um, I heard about the AirTag uh, oh, yeah. for, for iPhone. And so are you concerned with that or? I'm way less concerned with AirTags because, first of all, it's Apple. And I have a great deal of trust, theoretically, in Apple's uh um, in their ideas of privacy. Secondly, it's being talked about a lot. People are there are live, active discussions about are AirTags safe, and that makes me feel good because the questions are being asked. There's not a similar question. Well, is my cell phone safe? Uh, that's a much bigger problem. Your cell phone is much easier to trace than simple than trying to put an air tag on you. Well, but, but I heard that it was near iPhone, even with your phone off, you that that uh, Bluetooth there's a hidden thing that sends out uh, sends out Bluetooth signals, and if there are other iPhones or i devices out there they can then, I guess, figure out where you're, you are if you carry your phone with Sh you. Sure. Um, it's, it's called the Find My Network, Find My. Uh, uh, mesh, mesh? Is that the same mesh network? Uh, it's... It may be a form of mesh network. I guess I'm not. I'm not technically uh, up to date enough to know. But that, the the same basic idea in that individual devices help each other form a larger network. So in the case of iPhones, uh, if you are, if if you have an AirTag on a on a piece of luggage, and as long as you're within a certain distance of the luggage, your phone and the tag are talking to each other. If it gets separated from you and it's out of range of the Bluetooth of your phone, well, it, perhaps it's within range of the Bluetooth of someone else's iPhone. And so that iPhone will uh, record the, the tag's ID and pass it into the network. And then your phone will in turn, learn where the tag is by using leapfrog into other people's phones. I, I, I'm super paranoid. I, I don't think that's gonna, I, I'm not comfortable with that. I just, you know. Uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't bother me. Um, it, it, what I'm glad for is that you're uncomfortable? People are uncomfortable with this, but but 
I, I want people to take away from this the correct message, not iPhones are dangerous or AirTags are dangerous. No, that's not the correct message as I see it. The more accurate and more helpful message is what are we doing to ourselves in terms of uh, privacy and security? Because this is nothing unique. It's not something that Apple invented or came up with. And it's not something that is unique to Apple technology. They, they are doing something that is possible and likely to happen everywhere. And so if someone like me who is uncomfortable with it, then you, then it's my responsibility to, to avoid it. Correct? Well, yes. Uh, there are simple things you can do. For instance, for you, don't use air tags. Uh, you can turn off if you don't want to be part of the find my network if you don't want to be part of this assistance and leapfrog from place to place you turn off find my but more importantly if you don't want to be tracked in public places turn off your phone because the gps part of your phone regardless of brand is a far more potent tracking method than well, any particular other uh, technology. That's the thing I, I um, heard from uh, different places where they were saying that the modem chips chips set, I think. Yeah. Or there's a hidden oh. part of it, and uh, they they keep sending out signal because it uses so little power you don't notice but so even with your phone off and there are phones that you can't take battery out so you're still being tracked and i don't i don't know about that i don't i would tend not to believe that um, okay First of all, um, when I, you know, I have a pile of old used phones of different sorts. And when I uh, decommission them, I charge them to about 50% and then turn them off. And when I come back a year later or something like that, they're still at 50%. Well, this so, is a new, it's newer. It's the newer, newer chipset. It's possible. It's possible. But again, I don't quite believe it because uh, the the chip that you're talking about isn't the GPS chip. A GPS chip only knows where it is. It doesn't transmit its location. The transmitting part, the telling uh, the world where a phone is or anything about a phone is the cellular part. It's the cellular uh, transmission, the radio transmitter. And that is a very high, uh, high power chip. Um, it well, can be infrequent. It can be infrequent. If it, if it transmits something only once every minute or something like that, then, then batteries will last a while. But I, 
I would have to be, it would have to be proven to me that phones are transmitting even when they're turned off. I've never, I've never been, been shown this. Okay. I don't know. We should, we should talk about this. We should do yeah, I, I, this. Because I've heard from different people, not, they're not the, you know, just one and, and they're technical people. And so when I first heard it, I was like, oh, my God, really? Um, and you can't really decommission it. Like, I think they're cell phone maker, U.S. cell phone makers. I don't remember what they are. Uh, uh, I don't remember their name, but they actually made a phone where you can switch it off. Uh-huh. Like they have, they put in a physical switch. So there has to be some truth to it because otherwise they wouldn't be spending time to put those things in. So, I mean, I guess if we're really concerned, then, you know, we're responsible to figure this out. And if you, if you figured it out and that doesn't concern you, then keep whatever you have. And if it, it's worrisome, like like if you're like me, then you decide to what to do. Like you switch your device or whatever. So and, and of course, the simplest is simply leave it at home or put it in a, a radio proof box, a Faraday cage of some sort. Yeah, and and it's kind of funny that I thought Faraday cage is as simple as like a cookie tin mm, no it's not <laughs> no i guess not because some work some cookie tin works and some doesn't it has to do with the the wave length of the radio frequency uh transmissions uh, if it's oh for instance i don't know the details but if it's if the thickness of the conductive material the tin is less than half the wavelength of the radio signal, it'll just go right through it. Oh, that's why some worked. Here's, here's an example of this. Uh, I was debugging Wi-Fi problem for a client and finally, finally realized, oh, the fireplace is in between the, the router and her computer. <laughs> okay. So we moved the router over three feet, and that solved the problem. So just walls are fine because walls are thinner than half the the wavelength of Wi-Fi radio. Uh, but a fireplace is thicker than that, and if if it goes through a wall at an angle, you can imagine, boy, the sharper the angle, the farther the wall looks like to the signal so eventually you get to a point where it can't go through anymore just by walking around from just a a couple of feet difference uh makes a difference of well wi-fi works or wi-fi doesn't work oh so i don't know maybe a really (laughs) good save would be a good Faraday cage. A safe would be a wonderful, a steel safe would be a wonderful cage. And perhaps a steel gun gun safe, which is more portable. But but again, what's what is the risk that you're talking about? 
um, simply knowing where that phone is, even when it's turned off, well, that's not a problem. The minute you turn it on to use it, you, everyone you knows where know it where is. You are. Yeah. <laughs> and, and if when you turn it off, well, that's where it is, you know. So the, the risk of knowing where a phone is, I think, is not... Well, the, the not, problem is because you carry your phone. Well, that's the problem, yes. Uh, don't carry a phone. <laughs> <laughs> right, but then, you know, the point of a cell phone is, for me at least, is like for emergency only, really. I don't really, I'm not the kind that goes out and and just, I don't, I, you know, I don't really carry yeah. it just in case I really need it, like, you know. There's something very unfortunate, and that's the uh, the uh, decommissioning of 3G networks, because that's it's 3G networks are being decommissioned by the end of the year around right. the country, and that's making old flip phones no longer work, and that's like very sad. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Last forever be, before you have to charge again. And those are ideal. Dumb phones are ideal as emergency phones. Yeah, I don't need to be texting people. <laughs> it's, you know, especially when you drive. I mean, it's so distracting just to listen sure. to yeah. to a show or something. I, oh, but anyway, so that's still goes back to being responsible <laughs> for your computer and for me also for my for my blog and traffic and all that and and without without a bigger picture i think even that kind of personal responsibility is problematic because if you if i if i choose okay i'm going to leave my cell phone at home and now i'm safer or more secure well, that's that's believing that I've solved the problem, and uh, that's kind of well. The, a, the, so, are you saying false that, confidence? Are you saying that even if you did that, you still need to be vigilant? Well, that that I'm I'm ignoring big parts of the problem. For instance, the uh, surveillance cameras that are everywhere. Uh, Drones are have the potential to be ubiquitous. Uh, drones are be getting smaller and smaller. They'll be the size of a bee, and they'll be they'll have a huge uh, range. And can you imagine? Well, is that a bee up above me, or is it a drone? Is it a police drone? Is it, or is it a private security company that happens to have a facial recognition database? Is that bee? above me, watching me, and does it know my name? And does it have some interest in me, uh, whether or not it should? You know, the, did it mistake me? Did, did the facial recognition uh, sites that it stole from Facebook, did they have the wrong name? Did one of them tag me? as this person who wasn't me. Did, did some person put the wrong name on a face in Facebook and that was used by a private security company with a low budget 
who now believes that I'm somebody else. I mean, that's the range of the problem. The bees don't exist yet, quite yet, by the way, but that's very near future. It's within well, the current. How, so, but we, those we can't do too much about. We can't do too much about them. We. So the what? So so I guess to not worry ourselves to death, just you know, to start with what's what we can do. At least, because that's not even being done well yet. It, you're right. You're right. That, and and I I guess my only observation is temper, or or add in personal responsibility to a political responsibility. Um, even though even while I'm doing my best to keep myself private and manage my own data, be adamant about uh, the, the, the laws regard, uh, that control Facebook and Google. Um, be politically active. Well, with, with that, I also wonder if it's a good idea to consider not doing as much on those with those companies maybe. Um, I know some people are just, you know, they just just stop working with those because they're, it's like they're taking their stand. Like this is, you're, what you're doing is unacceptable, so I'm leaving kind of thing. I, I, Would that force a, them to change their practice? Not a bit. No, it had really? no effect whatsoever. <laughs> uh, that's kind of sad. <laughs> well, it is sad, but I, I claim that's the truth because you're, they're not, we're not going to get 90% of us to change that. Oh. Um, and, and it would take a huge number of people. Boycotts don't work in the, in the modern world anymore. That's my, my, my understanding that uh, Facebook is such a monopoly that there's no alternative. I mean, I do like keeping track of, for instance, there's a choir. I sang in a choir with up to two, 300 people in it, uh, maybe up to a hundred at a time, but over the years it cycled through two or 300 people. And I don't see those people anymore. And they live all over the country now. And, and Facebook group, a Facebook, uh, my friends on Facebook, that's the only way I can stay in touch with these people. And so I appreciate that. There's no real alternative to that. Mm, I, Oh, it's it's very sad that we can't have. I get ah, uh, this is really <laughs> tricky because you, if let's say that we have a equivalent equivalent to that, and people are so connected to like whatever they you know like if you want to move away you will have to convince everyone you're connected with to move away from that platform. Uh -huh, um, uh -huh. And so that's kind of, that's kind of, uh, 
Why can't we just keep in touch <laughs> with landline <laughs> like we used to? Oh, I know. I'm I'm too old. I too, am just a, an old curmudgeon. You know, I think. Well, I don't like electronics at all. I don't like computers. We used to live in small towns. You know, I'm such a, a an, an anachronistic old guy. Um, and the sad thing is, I don't have. I have never come up with workable alternatives to, or or really satisfying responses to the world as it is. Uh, I see our privacy being stripped away from us and with our permission you know we don't we, or, we or love this ignorance. here's another example uh internet of things uh uh my nephew uh installed oh what's the name of the smart thermostat in his house is it oh, the nest, nest perhaps yes and and we were talking about it. He loves it. He loves it. Um, we were realizing what happened. On, well, we were looking at the data, the, the graphs of the data provided by Nest. And there was uh, a little blip in temperature on one afternoon, a weekday afternoon. No one should have been in the house. But the Nest uh, sensed that there was motion, a motion detector in the house and so while someone was in the house it raised the temperature so we saw the temperature rise and fall for an hour or so this weekday afternoon in the house when no one should have been there and you know we kind i kind of jokingly asked oh was your was your wife home from work during that afternoon <laughs> and how many people were in the house that afternoon? You know, in other words, he was so happy to sacrifice his privacy and his the, the privacy of the family uh, for a tiny little bit of convenience. I um, know. I, oh, <laughs> that that reminds me of people who say things like. I am not doing anything wrong, so I don't oh, exactly. worry about it. But then, you know, I want to tell them, so there's nothing wrong with running around your own house with very little clothes on, but do you want people to be able to see you in your house? Very good, very good, true. <laughs> You know, and that if uh, I don't know, is it how young is your nephew? Oh, well, he's in his forties. He should know better. <laughs> so it's. Oh, I wonder if it has something to do with with education. I don't Boy, know. That's a good point. So, so if one were optimistic, which I'm not, but if one were, <laughs> one could make the argument. Ah, it, we need education in schools about privacy. We need education about what large companies are doing to your privacy. Or actually what you what rights uh -huh. what rights do you have uh like 
you have the right to your own, to your own information. I don't think, I, and that's why I ask you how old he is because、oh. younger people are so used to share. You know, they just want to tell everybody everything.、Um, uh, uh, I'm not saying everyone, every young person does that. I'm saying that they're so at least used to seeing that happening around them that they don't. They just they're what do you call that? Normalized. Sure, sure, sure. Another another normalization factor is the workplace.、Uh, when people go to work, they Take it for granted that they're going to be observed. There will be monitors on their keyboards to count their keystrokes, or、uh, wow. their their personal emails will be read. Is that's kind of okay. So they don't know. I mean, you when so that's the other thing that I was really puzzled when I see people doing their own thing at work. I mean, even if. If your computer, your work computer, is not does not have program that tracks you, I mean, your boss or your your coworker can see what you're doing.、Mm-hmm. Yes, there's not a concern. People are not concerned about their privacy. It comes right back to education.、Uh, we are we are socialized from the very beginning. These days, young people that. They, their privacy is not valuable. Perhaps, perhaps I don't know. I don't have kids. I thank God. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, don't know I, how kids are growing up. Yeah, I I don't know either. I it's it's weird to me that people don't seem to know they need they need to at least pay attention to that and so. It's it's weird to me. There's another little factor about it.、Uh, when people say, "Oh, I'm not doing anything wrong. I have nothing to be afraid of," they aren't realizing how fragile the systems are that they're depending upon. Like to go back to that example about scraping data off Facebook. If the police's、uh, Facial recognition system is based on this one little company gathering random data from Facebook pages. How dependable and accurate is that? Not, not a bit.、Uh, and it gets racial.、Uh, it's well known that facial recognition programs currently do a much worse job、uh, recognizing non-white. Faces, non-Caucasian faces, and so they are by nature racist, and we don't hear about that. You know, well, I have nothing to be afraid of. Well, no, but your black neighbor does have something to be afraid of because they're much more likely to be misrecognized.、Uh, Identified. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No,、oh, we have to talk about something else next time. It's too heavy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, no, don't be sorry. I think we need to know. It's just that, you know, it's it's frustrating. Like what I went through yesterday. That that there are things you just can't fix it yourself. 
One of my favorite email, I have 12 email addresses, one of my favorites, a domain, an address on a domain that I have purchased, I can't use it anymore because it has gotten associated with uh, spammers in various places around the country. My brother in South Dakota never receives my emails that I send him because my domain is blocked. It's on a, a blacklist of likely spammers. The whole, do, the whole domain, the whole IP range is on a blocked range so the so I take it you have a company that hosts it, or yes, it's through GoDaddy. Okay. And, oh, that's sad. They're not uh, necessarily as on top of it to monitor the blacklists and the whitelists, and so you know I've complained, and they kind of say, "Oh, that's how it is." You know, there are spammers. Who have their own domains in this IP range or whatever, and we're not going to. That kind of, I think that feeling is the same as my reaction to what I was told sure. yesterday. I was like, yeah. "Oh, yeah. okay, <laughs> let me think about this." <laughs> okay, so well, so um, so that at least end. Let's end with what we what we should do. As a person, well, as an individual, yes. and there are and there are some very good, easy things you can do uh, that that have a strong effect. One of them is understand your passwords, uh, keep them, make them make good passwords, uh, never reuse a password, and keep them written down somewhere in a book or on on your computer in a in a safe place um, another is pay attention to what device you're on um, I, I serve mainly clients who have either Macintoshes or Windows computers and there is a night and day difference between those two operating systems Windows is always Windows users, especially in the past, maybe it's getting better now, are always coming down with viruses. Macintosh users, never. Um, the difference between an iPhone and an Android, the difference between the main standard operating systems and Linux. Linux is, in my understanding, a much safer alternative than any other operating system. Yeah, because it, it isolates each task. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it's not proprietary. It's not uh, the right. purpose of the code is to make it. money. Yeah, lots yep. of people yep. are checking what's in there. And so, um, but that it's, it's hard to, it's hard for people to learn something new. I mean, even with me, I have to get used to using Linux. Um, but I, I'm willing to put in the work as that's part of my responsibility to for yes. protecting my data. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, similarly, people complain to me, oh, I don't want to relearn an operating system. I don't want to switch from... Windows to Mac. Mac. Mac OS, by the way, is of course based on a Unix uh, takeoff. Right. So, um, 
another another simple thing we can do is just say no to Internet of Things. Don't buy it. That. That's that's a don't, good idea. <laughs> don't even think about the the smart doorbell with the camera in it. Oh, that's just oh, that's just hell on wheels. And of course, <laughs> a refrigerator. Why would you have a? You know, I go go off on this. I um, don't know. I, 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 uh, you know, <laughs> you tell a machine to do something that you can do just by taking a few steps to in your house. I mean, that's kind of, uh, well, and, I'm and, reaching and to the choir, but yes, exactly. And it's kind of the attitude. I mean. Uh, not so much, well, do I get this or not, but rather, why would I want this? What are the big do societal... I really need it? Yeah. Sure. What does this cost society? Having another Nest thermostat, having another uh, doorbell with a camera, what does this cost society? What direction am I encouraging us to go? Yeah, I think this? it's is even, I mean, the same thing with, with the you know in your house smart devices is mm-hmm. is even worse cuz like they can listen to you and, and, and they are know why notoriously bad uh security there's just innumerable oh, you can't even protect it okay yes yes they're just so easy to break so into. yeah so um people who are listening to this um i don't get too nervous. Just start thinking if it's really what you like, you know, the consequences of having those devices. Are you okay with that? Um, You know, especially if you have children, I think you might want to think about it a little bit more. Um, But, you know, having, having, electronic things that's online it's usually like having a door instead of a wall kind of thing <laughs> good good analogy yep so so i guess it's just something to think about and you know and i think the trick i learned from moving on to linux is that you have to pace yourself or else you'll get so frustrated you don't want to do anything with it. True. The problem, uh, as a friend once said, calm yourself. The problem is enormous. <laughs> just, just, it's our job to both realize how huge the, and unmanageable the problem is, but also nonetheless to take steps we can. Yep, that's a good advice, John. And I, you know, again, you know, time flies. So uh, we'll have to talk more next time. And thank you for being here and chatting with me. Thank you for letting me rant on all these problems. (laughs) (laughs) I think, think, you know, it's kind of good to have conversation like this. and, And I'm okay with your opinion and you're okay with my opinion and mm, that's, that's a sure. good example of learning you know we're doing a good thing Thank you. And learning so yes. and and you know the whole thing about green possible is learning so that's a like a important point there
Thank you for this. Thank you for this, Thank Ian. Thank you very much. This has been Green Fossible. Thank you for listening. Your host, I, signing off.